uh, mostly because I really want to clone myself one day. Wait, uh, what? Say it slower. I just really believe in cloning. I think we should really start cloning people. Is it like, because you just have a lot of work and I you have think so like so much work to do? <laughs> I would. I Welcome back to another episode of the Board with Nelly podcast. Today I'm joined with Atia. What do you What do you do? You're a weed specialist. Yes. Is that like Is that a I don't know. Like, how do you get into becoming a weed specialist? I'd say that it's not a career. You can, that say, I like. you can see I've had two beers, folks, and this is why it's a sloppy start. It's It's not the first sloppy start, though. Um, I would say it's not a career that I like. Was like a little girl, and everyone's like, "I want to be a ballerina," and I was like, "I want to know the most about weed." Um, so it wasn't something like I grew up wanting. I wanted to be a doctor actually when I was a kid. I used to carry around a little medical bag and diagnose people, which is why I think I was a slight hypochondriac as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did a master's in plant biology and really in plant biotechnology and genetic engineering. Um, and the reason was actually in university, all the plant science courses didn't have a Friday class, and I wanted to have a three day weekend. But get my are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> that's like, the reason you I chose your career specialization path. in bio but i don't no. want to take friday classes and they were like oh all the plant courses are tuesday thursday and i was like done and then that's really really lucky for you to like universe worked out that really, way where you got everything. an amazing career from being a lazy piece of shit yes it just worked out so well it just like it pushed me in the right direction got my master's and i was like what am i gonna do now i went to the food industry for a couple of years and then when cannabis legalized in 2018 i was like this is it this is for me and i i switched over and i haven't looked back since what's the food industry I worked at the largest dairy company in Canada. It's called Parmalat, now called Lactalis. Um, so I actually did a lot of product, well, recipe development, where I would like be spending weeks at a time perfecting like a butter chicken sauce or a cheesecake or like I, <laughs> all of my career great. is so odd. Like people are like, tell me about your work history, and I'm like, well, first I was a butter chicken sauce expert. Like, oh, you I, worked like, in an Indian restaurant? It's like, yeah. no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, wait. Um, it's a, it's an odd combo, but uh, like, weirdly enough, it's like every little step I've taken in my career education has all like built up to this. So having the masters in tissue culture is obviously very helpful. Um, and the really strong background in plant biology and working in food, I was like, you know, an expert sensory panelist. I have a really good, you know, innate sense of smell. I did a lot of product development. I did quality assurance. And then when I got into cannabis, I was like, Oh, all of this skill set is applicable. So right, right. it was really, it worked out really well. Yeah. But after you had the biology degree, that was like, you're like, what the fuck do I do with this, right? Yeah, you can't do anything with a biology I, I, I haven't heard one person say like, oh, I got a biology. I really fucking had it together. I got yeah. a job, put on my biology hat, went to my biology job. No, you finish <laughs> you finish biology and you go, okay, I have to go to become a teacher or I have to go to grad school or I have to become a doctor. And then you're like, which of these two things am I going to do? <laughs> which ones and do I hate the pick? least? Yeah, which one, is, which one is not hard? Okay, this one. Um, I did my master's and I never wanted to do a PhD because I just didn't want to be poor for that long. Sure, that's yeah, a fair. You're making yeah. like, I mean, you get paid to do your uh, grad school in Canada, but it's like nothing. Like it's you're, no, you're it's literally no income. Line. You break even yeah. for what, two, three years, let's say. Yeah, and I know people who did a PhD and they've been there for seven, eight years. And Holy I just look shit. at them and I'm like, how much craft dinner can you really eat before <laughs> Those you are just die? people that don't want to like, grow up. Let's be honest. They love the university like yes. setting and they just don't want to leave it. I mean, I love learning and I had considered like, I, th- I think if somebody would pay for it, like would like, hey, I would fund you to do just research for the rest of your life, I would probably do it. But there's just something about, yeah, like, you know, springing for a Tim Hortons bagel every other day as your fancy meal that you're like all right, <laughs> right. Like, okay. it's time to take a step back i need to like 
get out of this. So I'm glad I went into the industry. And yeah, cannabis is just unreal. And my job is amazing. Okay, well, so talk me, talk me through how like the process of determining what you want to do after that biology degree, because I'm sure that was not easy. No, it wasn't. Um, basically, I finished biology. And when I applied for my master's, I actually applied to two programs at Western. Uh, the first was the plant biology with biotechnology and genetic engineering, which I thought was really interesting, uh, mostly because I really want to clone myself one day. Wait, uh, what? Say it slower? I just really believe in cloning. I think we should really start cloning people. Because, Is it because like, you just have a lot of work? And I you have think, so like... much work to do. I would, I would pay a sizable amount of money to have a second version of myself that I actually trusted to do stuff. I'm not the best delegator with certain things. Do you know how many rich people we have? Like we literally just double the assholes. Like that's the problem. We don't want to double those assholes. I mean, we were just talking about double penetration. So (laughs) I don't want to like, I want to stretch back to that too much. Yeah. We don't want to go too far. It wasn't a a problem then, but now it's a problem. (laughs) Oh, now you added that. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm just thinking like if we had a lot of assholes, if we doubled the amount of assholes, or if we create like a Westworld type thing where you can just literally recreate yourself, you can live a hundred years and another one of you comes by. Yeah. You're like, oh, I've been waiting for that guy to die for so long. And why am I going to get another one? Yeah. Imagine like, I don't know, like some, I don't know. Okay. Warren Buffett is not a good example. He doesn't no. seem like an asshole, but let's say he hypothetically was, you're like, holy shit, this fucking asshole has a billion dollars. He's filing in a go to bed with like the rest of us. Yep. He's like, nope, got a clone boys. I'm here for another hundred. Well, we just know like if there's cloning, Will Smith's going to clone like a thousand of himself and we're just going to have an army of Will Smith's ghetto slapping people across the stage every now and again. That would be, that would be tragic. This is a really long time, really off topic, really stupid. A long time ago, I was like in this YouTube rabbit hole. This is when you can still go down YouTube rabbit holes. Now it's very hard to go down like really stupid. Like you can't find flat earth content. Let's just say that. Okay. And that's because YouTube's done a good job of weeding out, like, really stupid people. But the earth is flat. As a scientist, I'm oh, telling fucking you. Christ. <laughs> okay, so there's this one time I found this massive community. Massive. I'm talking the video had, like, 800,000 views yeah. that thought Dave Chappelle was a clone. And they were super convinced. Like, they... I know. It sounds crazy. Like I know. before he went off to Africa? Like, he was cloned before when he When he did came that, like, back. That's when okay. the community grew. Like, oh, he looks different. Like, my guy just went to the gym. Like, what the fuck, guys? Are you really that stupid? He looks different. Like, did they just, like, kill him and make a... Like, he turned down... A, the theories were amazing. They were so entertaining. <laughs> that there was, like, dudes that were like, okay, well, he turned down $50 million. And you can't do that in Hollywood. You can't... So, like, the natural thought process there was they murdered him and recreated another version of him that would come back 10 years later. They recreated a version of him that would say no to money? Like, what was, like, why would that know. be beneficial for the person that cloned him? If I cloned Dave Chappelle, I'd be, he'd be a workhorse. He'd be working kids. <laughs> I know. His birthday Netflix parties special on a every Saturday. week. Yeah. I'd be like, get out there and get it done. Um, I actually love Dave Chappelle. When my mom used to drive me to school in high school, she used to play Dave Chappelle stand-up and, like, other stand-up and stuff on That's the really way. cool. That's really cool So we would just be in the car just, like, just howling laughing. At Dave Chappelle shit? And I remember very distinctly in first year university i had this really awful roommate experience like just one of the worst ones you could possibly have i ended up moving my like but your clone it was a clone of you actually <laughs> i moved my like shitty foam bed into my friend's room and was sleeping like the, the two of them were sleeping in their beds and i'd like put my little foam mattress on the floor sleep there roll it under one of their beds during the day we'd go to class all day and come back it got really bad wow. but before bed we would just say dave Chappelle lines to each other in the darkness so we'd all be trying to sleep and someone would be like chocolate it's doodle baby and all of us would just start <laughs> laughing so hard 
<laughs> and that was like probably some of my like funnier memories from first year. It's just like pitch black, everyone's like, night, 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 and then someone just drops a Dave Chappelle line. It's like oh, amazing, this is great. I don't know how would it, oh, we were talking about clone. Yeah, well, you liked. Anyways, carry on with what you like doing. I I was I, this um, second beer I haven't drank drank in a while, so it's like it's really doing some numbers on that's me. That's great. Uh, I like yeah. So I liked cloning and all the genetic stuff. Is I just love genetics. It's such a fascinating area. I think it's just some of the most interesting parts of science for sure. There's just in human DNA, obviously, but plant DNA. And so for my master's, I was actually, this is going to sound strange, so mm-hmm. let me just get through this, but I was taking peptides from HIV and then you, look at your face already. And then I was. I, what is the face you want me to make with that sentence? Would you that, like me get, just like, to go? step back. They're like, oh, you're, you've got AIDS. I'm like, no, no. Like, so we would take these really small peptides, which are just um, short chains of amino acids. And then because HIV is infectious, it's really good at getting into cells, human cells. So we decided, okay, we can do that in humans. Let's try it in other things like plants. So we would take the TAT2, which was the uh, t- name of the peptide chain, doubled over. We would attach it to molecular cargo, and we would try to get that to basically go into cells and infect them. You can do this with lots of other viruses, like the herpes virus and other stuff like that. Anything that's super infectious, basically. You fucking started COVID, didn't you? This, <laughs> this is what you're telling me. Is you fucking sounding like COVID. You're, you're starting to tell me that you were just came back from the Wuhan lab. Yeah, I, what was, I was that in the about? Wuhan lab, chilling for a minute. My bad. Um, but no, yeah. that's that's super random. Like, how does? Yeah, I guess it's weird to even think about someone getting excited about like super nerdy shit that's like high, highly yeah, technical. Like my whole master's was like my goal would have been like get HIV to bring this into the plant basically like that was like oh come on like and that's what I wanted to do normal me at your age I was like okay like I need to cod tonight with the boys I'm looking at a nuke maybe you're like how can I give HIV to plants yes how can I I give plants AIDS um and so that was really great I really enjoyed it and I'm glad I did my master's in that for sure um but yeah then uh I was yeah I just kind of was like wandering around aimlessly after that I didn't really know what to do I wanted to get a job in molecular farming which is basically bringing drug cargo into cells so so for a lot of companies that make drugs what you're doing to get the dna to replicate is you put it inside of yeast and you put it in a bioreactor you make a ton of yeast you kill all the yeast and you basically extract the dna of the drug back out okay um so i'm gonna pretend like i know what the fuck you're saying (laughs) so like a lot of times like yeah oh yes oh very bill i watch bill nye i love bill nye i i know what that is (laughs) um but so the other option is to you know do it to a plant cell so basically put that DNA cargo of a drug inside of a plant cell and then you can rep, you can you know the plant grows already so you can put it in tobacco leaves or something else it's not a food crop and then you would shred the material down and pull everything back out it has a couple of advantages because it doesn't really have any chance of cross contamination yeast and bacteria can sometimes have things that can contaminate you know for humans okay uh, this is like nice and clean but it wasn't really developed when I graduated from my master's which is what I had really like gained skills to do a job in Everyone was like, there's no jobs for this. And I was like, sick. Um, You're telling me with a biology degree and then a master's in something highly specific and technical, there was still nothing no, you yeah, could do with shocker. it. No, yeah, shocker. So six years of school, we were like, okay, well, what the fuck? I'm going to tell you right now, the only reason to get a master's in science is so you can put the words MSc on your resume. No one really cares what you do. Like, I'm telling internet peoples, don't, it doesn't matter. Uh, the fact I've been that trying actually- to tell this to so, like most educational systems are so flawed right now. It's like ridiculous. They're well, getting worse and worse. I mean, masters show you certain things they show you that you have like dedication you're good at like researching you have a good work ethic critical thinking and analysis 
skills. But generally speaking, I'm an exception to the rule where I actually was using my master's on a day-to-day, like using the skills I learned. Right. But for the most part, like I've seen people at cannabis companies who are like the head of regulatory that have a master's in neuroscience. Like that has literally nothing. Right. It's just like, oh, you have a master's, so it shows that you have That's the golden ticket to degree. get into the chocolate factory. Once you yeah, get in, you still got to impress Willy Wonka. You, just get you can't so, just walk around aimlessly. foot in the door. Yes. Yeah, your so, resume will get looked at a little bit more than if you just have a bachelor's. Right. That's the whole point. That's why I got mine. I just figured it would give me that one up. I wouldn't get lost in a sea of resumes. And it still took me after I graduated 10 months to find a job. That's crazy. Yeah. And this is, a, you had good grades, obviously. Oh, yeah, I was a straight A student. Yeah. What the fuck? Yep. Is I it just, thought, is it the area or is it the, the field itself? No, it's if you just, were a different part of the world, could you have gotten? No, it's just hard when you graduate. Like you're, you're a risk, right? Like people yes. look at you and they're like, yeah, she's got a master's and she had good grades, but like, what if she's dumb? No, I mean like, uh, I think <laughs> well, they also have to pay you higher because of that yeah, master's. So yeah, not as opposed to an entry level person where they're paying like dog shit yeah. for you, they're an investment. You're a bigger investment. You're yeah. a more expensive investment. So it's a bigger risk. It's a bigger um, risk, right? So yeah, for 10 months. And also like, I think in science, and this is a huge skill set that I've honed over over the last like five or six years, networking. Like when you're in science, they're just like, be smart and everything will be okay. And you're like, I can do that. And then you graduate and you don't have any network. You don't know anybody. And then you realize that like 90% of jobs get filled through back channels. Right. And even when I was in my master's, I recall like you would, you, they'd be posting for quote unquote jobs on the web because they would have to, even though the position was internally filled already by you taking that position for the summer, right. they would have to pretend they were going to hire people. So a lot of job postings online aren't real postings. And for the most part, it's, it's a lot of work hiring. So if an HR manager can just be like, oh, hey, my buddy, like, Nened can do this job instead. Sure. They're like, oh, great, sweet, just bring him in. Like, right. it's way easier. Um, so and then I, you're there also. So, like, if anything happens, they have a fucking, okay, yes, what the fuck did you do? Yes, they have someone that they can also yell at. Yes. Um, but I, I, I didn't know that because in science, they don't tell you. And when people were starting to tell me I had to network, I was like, I'm not in business. Like, what do you mean I have to network? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I have to talk about? to human beings? What? Are you fucking kidding? Remember, That's not part of the job. No, I was told that I could just bury my face in a test tube and never look back. Um, and I I remember my first like networking emails were so awkward, but now it's like, I mean, ca- the cannabis network in Canada is very close knit. Um, and so I've built a really big network and that's been like invaluable in my career and getting jobs and getting clients. But yeah, they don't tell you that in science and it's not a skill set that they, they push at all. They just right. kind of expect maybe that you'll stay in academia forever and postdoc for a very small amount of money. For They're the a business. They just want you to yeah. keep, you know, the hamster wheel cast to keep spinning for them. They yes. don't give a shit actually yeah. what I happens. Mean, to be fair, a university is a business before a school. Right. right so. Of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was how I got into what I'm doing. And then I worked in cannabis for, I think, three years at like LPs in Canada. So licensed producers in Canada. And then I was like, I don't like this. I'm going to quit my job. So I quit my job in the middle of the pandemic with no plan whatsoever. My let's go. Plan. I did that too, but <laughs> not <laughs> pandemic. But yeah, I did that. That's, let's go. That's <laughs> a big, that's a big dick like, move. I'll just bartend. It's fine. <laughs> like I used to bartend for so long and it's really, it's, I like it and it's easy money. Right. So it's like, okay, if I run out of my savings, I'll just bartend. And then uh, I was like, I can probably consult. And then I signed my first client, like I think a month after I quit my job. Wow. And I was making that client, I was like half of my entire year's salary for like two months of work. So I was like, <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. Yeah, okay, great idea. Um, so, it's amazing when life kind of works out that yeah. way. We're just like, oh, I'll take these random paths and then, holy shit, this is actually the best path. I'm, yeah, I didn't see this. Yeah, I think like when I started consulting after a while, like it was, it was really nerve wracking and I was really nervous about it because I was like, I'm going to go bankrupt and I'm going to have to like live with my parents again. Um, but it everything just feels like I don't know, in flow, like everything feels very natural. I haven't had trouble getting clients. I My network gets bigger and bigger. Like you're enjoying the work, obviously easy. more. Right? Yes, yes. And the flexibility is super important for me, right. um, especially with like my health problems and stuff. So I just love having being my own boss, being able to take clients when I want, rejecting clients when I don't have time or it's not really up my alley and just having flexibility. And the travel is not bad. Sure. Of course, yeah. Of course. So, 
It's Canada's an interesting time right now. You got on a perfect time for cannabis, right? Mm-hmm. Are you kind of feel lucky a little bit to come on board just when this thing popped off here when you now see a fucking cannabis store every, you know, like a Tim Hortons almost? Yeah, I mean, Canada's getting super saturated, which is why I don't take a lot of clients here, to be honest. Um, all of my clients are in Europe for the most part. I have a couple of micros and stuff that I deal with here, but I try to work in other markets because I, I honestly feel for the next, like, probably five to 15 years, I can just basically collect new clients in different countries as legalized. And that's kind of the plan. Um, in Europe, right? Because like most of Europe still, a lot yeah. of places are illegal for weed, right? But also like Southeast Asia, Africa, there's lots of countries coming online, like all over the world. So um, I think like for me, that's my plan. It's just kind of like always pick up clients in new areas. Because I love people when they're first into legalization. I love digging through regulations because I'm a loser. Um, mm. And then on top of that, like they're just so fun to work with. Like they're so excited. And I work with a lot of people in Canada. They're just so jaded. And all of them have worked at other LPs. And all they do is like complain about, you know, how awful it was at the it's last It's like finding days. that girl with like four bad relationships. You're like, yeah, oh my God. Yeah, they already I can't have fix a lot this of baggage, shit. which is like, there's nothing wrong with that. But I mean, like, I love. I'm I trying just... to put this for people that are stupid, like myself, into terms like, guys, it's like finding this one that's like been through like five bad breakups. And yeah. you're like, oh my God, I have to fucking go through this again. Yeah. And uh, I just, I love the new ones because they're, they're so fresh. They're so they're fresh so young and ones. naive. And no, they're just also like really great. And I love, I love the traveling. So, um, as you know, my biggest client is in Switzerland and I tra- travel there every six to eight weeks. Uh, and then I'm in Canada every six to eight weeks. And I just, I enjoy it. I enjoy it more than like driving down the street and working at the same place every day. Of course. Tell me about what you actually do at these gigs. What's the, like, try to explain it to me because I'm dumb, obviously. Um, Why are you getting paid those numbers, I I guess? I do a little bit of everything. So because of my, like, you know, mixture of different backgrounds and things, when you work in cannabis, especially early in Canada, you do everything because there's no one else there. So you're just stuck doing, like, yeah, you're head of operations and head of quality assurance and you're helping with regulatory and you're also head of research. You just do a little bit of everything. So that's what I do for my clients. I basically say anything that touches the plants, I'll help you with. So uh, I help with the cultivation process. So um, procedures and best practices for cloning, vegetative, flowering, harvest, post-harvest, which is you know, drying sure. and curing and stuff. Um, and then on top of that, I also do anything with quality assurance. So I actually just spent last week doing my pharmaceutical quality management system, um, GMP, so good manufacturing practices, lead auditor training, which I know means nothing to you. That sounds like a lot of words. It's, it's and it sounds a like words. a lot of fun to me. I have the exam next week, so I'm <laughs> stressing out a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really trying to hone my skills in the quality assurance area because the quality assurance in Europe is different than Canada for cannabis. So I did have a bit of background in it, but I'm always, I'm just like a continual development person. I've already finished three certificates this year and it's like May. That's, it's every um, path. You should be <laughs> continuously. If any I path agree. you've completely stopped learning, you're probably not on the right path. I like, agree. <laughs> and that was one of the reasons I started consulting. Actually, I, I didn't love what I was doing and I was working for a lot of like just really awful people. But uh, on consulting is nice because you get this cha- you get this new fresh challenge yes. every time, and every time you can yeah. conquer that challenge, you become that much more valuable to the yeah, next one, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, that's exactly what consulting is. You learn every single day because every client is different, every situation is different. Right. I felt really stagnant in my job, and I felt like I was the most skilled person in the building, and I don't like feeling like that. Right. Um, so at my clients, I usually am because obviously they're they're looking for a consultant, but from working with their clients and like people in their network or their you know crop advisors from other companies they work with, I end building my network more and learning off of like oh you know the Grodan crop advisor the one in Europe Ben he's so knowledgeable he's awesome right uh, then you know there's people at like Fluence and other companies that I work with that I've gotten put in touch with because they also work with my clients and so I get to learn off of them and like nerd out with them on the sidelines and talk about like light spectrum or talk about like you know uh, drought tolerance what we're seeing around the, the world and I just like to gather data and I don't know I just I'm a, I'm a nerd it's very <laughs> interesting though because this is a relatively new field the only people that wouldn't be new to 
it would be people that have probably done it illegally. Yes. So are those people coming over and presenting? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. They're just getting like, uh, whatever. What's the quickest way? You know, okay. Let's say hypothetically, I was fucking making really fantastic cannabis. Hypothetically, many years ago when it was not legal, Mm -hmm. I was making really good cannabis. How do I transition into legally getting paid like you as opposed to before? Well, a lot of the, le- what we call, we call it legacy market. That just kind of means the gray market or kind of the previously non-legal market. But um, a lot of legacy market people did get in very early as growers. So quite a few of them come in as growers. Um, so a lot of them are doing really well and they work at le- like legitimate legal uh, That's producers. That's insane. Um, but it's also like, you know, something's to be said for it's, it's very different growing a hundred plants than growing a hundred thousand or a million plants. Right. right? So um, the biggest rooms I did was the last place I worked full time. Each harvest is 36,000 plants. That is a very different amount. 36,000 plants. 36, can you, can you give me a, a USD equivalent of what that would go on the streets? Oh my God. <laughs> it's like an Ali G show. What, what would that go on the streets, man? How much would uh, the Mary J would go? <laughs> no, my favorite Ali G is when he's like, he goes to a group of feminists and he thinks feminism is lesbianism. He's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. ask me girl Jenny to try feminism yeah, 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 with yeah. a friend Stacy. <laughs> He's like the Mary J, the sweet bong. He's like naming all the different names for the yeah. weed in front of the cop. He's like, yep, yeah, it's called that. Yeah, it's also called that. He's like, yeah, I know all these men. I know. So actually, no, but how much is that? Like, because we're talking about obviously a, a small room for error from your yeah. perspective, right? If you fuck up that big shipment or that big whatever plant uh, thing, you're fucked, right? So how much money are we dealing with here? Um, well, it's been a long time since I had to do the math on that, but it's 36,000 plants. I think the harvests were usually about like, we you'd usually bank for like 2,500 to 3,000 kilos per harvest. Holy shit. Uh, and then, I mean, that at the time that we were selling, I think each gram was only going for like two, 250. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's getting up there with the, with the value of it. Um, so it's a lot of product to deal with and it's very different than you grew, you grew it in a shed, right? And not all, not all legacy market growers did that small scale. Some did very large sizable grow ops, but um, a bigger challenge too is also just understanding regulations. You can't do what you did in your backyard in this you can't building. put your little like, secret ingredients on no, you know when you no can't. one's looking um, you know? <laughs> so that is we've had so many really successful legacy market growers and then we've had some that just didn't do well i've had to fire a lot of legacy mm-hmm. market growers but i've also had to fire people that came from it from a purely technical perspective you really right. need to understand both i think because i use cannabis i have a different per take on it because i'm a plant scientist yes i've grown it commercially i've grown it recreationally myself i have like a little bit of both everything kind of so um yeah. I think that's been really beneficial for me because we've had people who have just one or the other. Sometimes they're successful, sometimes they're not, right? Taking it from like, oh, I read this in a paper, it's not always the way that it's applied. And then taking it also from the other perspective of, I did this, you know, for 25 years, but I did it like in an illegal outdoor grow, you know, behind this. Right, like, my man's putting line. Pepsi on it. Yeah, and he's thinking it's, it's got some benefits quite, to it. It's like, bro. There's so many. <laughs> so many is there bro signs to it? There's so many How legacy bro market practices that are just like the worst. And I have to go on all the time and be like, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. And it's, it's like superstitions or some bullshit really yeah, they'll be like oh man we gotta like cut off the ends of the clones and i'm like you really should not be doing that like and then, then they'll be like actually he's like my nan's papers. done this for 20 years mate what yeah, are you gonna do? Just like uh, it's not a good look like and it doesn't do what right. you think it does and like the scientific perspective behind it like you if you understand the plant science behind it you wouldn't do it but it's again it's just like we're getting more cannabis science which is fantastic and i don't knock any legacy market growers because right. like, some of them have like 20 30 years of experience and it's very valuable and some of them have done fantastically if they can get over 
over the, uh, you know, filling out all the documentation and paperwork and the regulations, and they can kind of fall in line with that, they do really, really well. But I've also had legacy market growers who were just like, I won't fill out a batch record because that's not how I did it. I'm like, well, you did it like in your bunker, in your yeah. basement? Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, so um, they just have to, you know, it's a it's adjustment. It's not the same thing that you did. Um, we need to make a change. It's a fascinating field because I remember you posted a, a picture of you with a massive bag of weed. And I remember I was like, if you posted this photo literally like yep. four or five years ago, you would do life in jail. Just in another country even, right? Or even like, Yeah, you would yeah. do life in jail. Yeah, yeah, easily. You would never see the daylight unless it's on like, to you know, fair, one hour. That was, to be fair, that was um, low, low THC cannabis. So. Would, is that what you tell the judge or what, what do you want? <laughs> Why are you telling me this? I don't care. Well, I mean, like it's not illegal. It's it's basically like what they would call hemp in other countries, oh, okay. right? So it's within regulations. It wouldn't be within regulations for Canada because the THC, that's my biggest pet peeve is like the THC percentage uh what we discriminate between hemp and cannabis they're the exact same plant but uh hemp is always like supposed to be a lower thc cultivar so they usually have under a certain percentage so canada it's below 0.3 percent and then where i was working in europe with my client was up to one percent oh wow so if their products at 0.6 percent it's okay in switzerland but it's illegal in canada because it's it would count as cannabis and have to be imported as such i was moving clones from canada to switzerland so they were leaving Canada as cannabis clones because they were like 0.6% and they were arriving in Switzerland as hemp clones because they're under 1%. So that was it's fun. like some Narcos episode. You got to bring down the, the potency somehow. Yeah. You got to take a little off the top. I don't know. Well, the, the really funny thing is like, I mean, really, if I, and if any regulator is watching this, I didn't do this. Hypothetically and allegedly is the words we yeah, use around like, I here. I mean, how much, how much could you really tell from a clone as to whether or not right. what the THC content would be? I've also seen things where they've said like, uh, I think it was really recently somewhere in the States, maybe they said that it was okay to bring in cannabis seeds if they were like low T there's no THC in cannabis. Seeds. What the like, fuck? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I was just like, yeah, go and test all the seeds. Like there's no, like what? Right. they're in the trichomes, which is in the fully flowered plant. There would be no, is this like a cocoa tell. leaf and you're like, you can't bring cocaine in here. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they just don't think like a lot of the leg like legislators don't know what the hell they're doing. Right. They're right. just like well, super, they don't have that's with everything to right them. now. It's like, I mean, this seems like drugs. Is it drugs? Yeah, let's say it's drugs. <laughs> it's fine. Hey Rick, what do you think? Is some drugs? Like, oh, I don't think it looks like drugs. All right, it's fucking drugs. Yeah. Can't bring that. <laughs> Can't bring that in. Can't Sorry. Bring... Sorry, bud. I've always wanted to know a bit more about hemp because it's a strange substance since it's, I think, ba still banned in the States. Is that mm. true or no? It depends. And it's also like people have this weird idea also that like hemp is a different like variety altogether. And there's like so much debate as to like whether or not indica or sativa are even types of cannabis. I don't really like, I don't use those terms period when I refer to the plants, but um, hemp was always like people thought like low quality grown outdoors uh, and had all these very specific qualities to it but by definition under law hemp just means in Canada cannabis below 0.3% THC okay so, and it's really weirdly regulated as well so if you are a hemp producer which means that you only produce low THC cannabis essentially you're under a different regulations if you are a cannabis producer which means you have a license for high THC cannabis but you also happen to make strains that are low THC cannabis they fall under the cannabis regulations so it's very confusing yeah, and it seems like a know, mess. Yeah, you have to know. It's I like regulations though because I I did regulations in food, and the thing about regulations is 
you can interpret them. And if you interpret them within reason, you can get away with certain things or you can, you know, make it work yeah. to your advantage. So I found what, like, sorry to interrupt you. What was hemp actually used for? Like what's the purpose of hemp? It was used in clothing before, but is there anything else? No. So you're thinking of hemp fiber. So oh, I'm thinking, okay. Yeah, sorry. So basically on the cannabis plant, the, the two major parts that would be used if the stalks are used are used for hemp fiber typically, but you can use cannabis stalks for hemp fiber or like for fiber basically. Right. You could take a regular 22% THC cannabis plant, take the stalks and use them for fiber. Um, it would just, it, it's right now with the regulations, I don't think it's that a lot of people are doing it, but you can. Um, right. And then obviously the flower and the flower is the part that you can use. So a lot of people were using hemp because it was low THC, high CBD for CBD wellness products. But uh, the other issue I have with that is that THC also has medical benefits. And people always think if it's high CBD, it's for medical. And if it's high THC, it's for recreational. But that's not true. A lot of people use high THC products for medical because it does have medical benefits. So I just feel like generally speaking, there's so much more like cannabis education that has to happen. And that's why I still teach cannabis courses. Yes, you st also started yeah. like making videos and stuff about yeah, that. I yeah, I just like, I think there's just so much misinformation out there and it's such a, I think it's, you know, the green It's a great rush. niche. You yeah. found a, found a well, a you're niche. an expert in as well. So you can grow it substantially, especially in Canada. I mean, like. Yes, for sure. And I just think like, there's just so much, I don't know, I think it's like intrinsically fascinating. Like I just find everything about cannabis super interesting. Like anytime I can well, That's your somebody, calling. You figured yeah, out that. If you enjoy doing it every day, if you continuously want to grow in it and you're making good money at which you clearly are. So you yep. figured out what you want to do. You can even now make content on it. Yes. Yeah. You, I'm starting my, my Instagram. Yes. Well, well, you've seen it. You, uh, you've been banned Getting before. I've been banned. <laughs> banned from Twitter. Banned from Instagram. You know, just. What was the Twitter ban? I, I know the Instagram. I don't know the Twitter ban. The Twitter ban was like a few weeks ago and I think it was a mistake, but I like, I made it, I made my Twitter. You're account. like giving out weed. Yeah. Anyone wants it. Here's wants the play. Dogs. Um, no, I, I made my Twitter like a month or two ago just for the sake of like, I guess like reserving the name. I, I've never used it before. I, I didn't really know what I would put on it. Maybe a blessing actually. I don't think about it. Twitter is pretty toxic. Well, then I heard Elon Musk took over. So I just wanted to log in to see what was going on. And I logged in and it was At like, Elon, <laughs> would you like some weed? What up, dog? <laughs> um, and no, and then I logged in and it just was like, your account has been permanently suspended. And I was like, I didn't do anything. Like I actually didn't tweet anything. I didn't like any, like, I don't know what's going on. So was the account name like free weed? It was Big my, Dick it was Dangler. Name. It was oh, just my name. Okay. Which also means free weed Big Dick Dangler. If you look it up on Urban Dictionary. You're on the FBI most yeah, wanted list and you don't even know. I might be. Maybe they maybe they were looking at me moving those clones and now I swear it didn't have any THC in it. Um, but maybe they were. Who knows? Fascinating. Yeah, okay. So how's the TikTok and Instagram and everything? You're not actually you didn't make TikTok. Sorry, I don't know why I said TikTok. I started doing some TikToks, but there's You can't just, do like, it on there. There's too... so much sexual content on that platform. And what? I just keep remembering that it's for children all the time and it makes me very concerned. There's for what you, uh, explain this. What do you mean sexual content on I TikTok? Just, every time we like scroll through TikTok, there's just a lot of like quite young ladies with like their stuff out, which is like fine, hmm. but it's a little like I'm not doing that. And who I'm are these awful ladies? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, who that are they? What are their what are their what are their names? What are they? Just send me pictures. That's of a, them. that's an always sunny thing. There's this one part where he this chick goes in. He's like, oh my god, your friend posted pictures of me naked online. He's like, oh my god, that's awful. Where where would he post those photos? <laughs> Um, no, I just, yeah, and I, there's nothing, I just, it's not what I was expecting, I guess. I really thought TikTok was, like, teenagers doing, like, little dances, which it is for the most part, but then, yeah. Like, you it, can't do weed stuff on TikTok. TikTok is very clean. Careful. We're talking, like, TV in the 60s clean. Like, you can't get away with almost anything on TikTok. Like, you can't swear on TikTok. Like, it's pretty bad. Like, Actually? Like, it's literally china i'm gonna send you all the sexual videos i've been seeing those are like okay those there. are okay this is the difference though those are not like 
blatant. Yes, they're all like very like subtle. They're, maybe they're having sex. I don't know why she's jumping up and down, but maybe. May, yeah, it's like, whatever it's you think. Really uh, just I don't go like on it. you porn, you weirdo. Anyway, there's this one fucking thing <laughs> well, that I just saw. They're 13 now, so they can't. I'm, I'm saying for you pervs, <laughs> go a fucking somewhere and find some porn, you weirdos. It's not that hard. Okay, so anyways, uh, there was this one weird TikTok thing. I just, I sent to your Subscribe boyfriend. Subscribe for more porn links. <laughs> I'm so canceled. Thank God no one listens. Anyway, so I was I was sending your boyfriend this one video where yeah. it was this just like random teacher, okay? Mm -hmm. And she has like four hundred thousand or like I don't know forty thousand followers, mm -hmm. and she just makes like little teacher videos like oh my day blah yeah. blah blah. I'm like what the f like what the fuck is actually so interesting about it? like I can't I can't comprehend what's going on here. Yeah. And then I watch one video. I'm like okay, second one, oh the second one is like a side angle booty shot. Uh. Okay. Like, a, a, she has a nice booty, fant good for her, but, like, mm -hmm. that's literally what she's doing, but she's, like, pretending that she's talking about something else. Like, right, right, this right. is what I do on my Sunday school teaching with the kids. Every comment is, like, this perv dude. Like, yeah. I can't believe that thing's real. Like, like, like this is the whole channel. And yeah. she's doing it in a subtle way where she knows what she's doing, but, like, it's not obvious what I'm sure. Well, one of my friends, uh, his sister is, like, really, like, decently sized on TikTok and even she's always complaining about how like if you don't put like somewhat sexual content up it's like impossible to get really like, a certain like it's really hard to as, a, as a female yeah, yeah as a female so I'm just like not really like planning on taking pictures of myself naked with nugs <laughs> on my nipples so I don't think that's you're really doing all right me. you don't yeah, need, you don't need to do really that for me no and I, I don't want to grow on TikTok because I want to be like TikTok famous I just yeah, that's like gross. dropping cannabis facts that's like so my TikToks are just me like saying cannabis facts basically that's that's it I'm just trying to like, I'm trying to educate you guys that's all i'm trying to do there's gonna be no ass shots i'm so sorry um but if you came here to learn that's all right and if you came here to do something else you're on the wrong page like <laughs> i did get a really lovely comment from someone on tiktok it was just one of those like i guess men who felt that he needed to tell me that i was uh -huh. like the most beautiful person he'd ever seen and sure okay like, this is the stuff i get from strangers and then i get my boyfriend telling me i'm a chunky girl and no, i'm kidding no but he does Exposed. say that but i Exposed. think he's joking like <laughs> It's usually because I eat more than he does in one sitting. Fair enough. Um, I, he showed me one of the comments, actually, because I thought I was dying. It was like, <laughs> oh, why did she start like an OnlyFans account, right? Oh, yeah. Was, was yeah. that one? Was that that was one? off of Instagram, but I've also gotten that on Facebook. <laughs> you know. But they're really polite. They're like, hi there. Like, hi there. I'd love you. to support your OnlyFans. I would OnlyFans. love to start you an OnlyFans account if you don't have one already. And It's like, like some Saudi prince hub. Baby, yeah, you're beautiful. I, just, I just... want you to be successful. I'm just like, thank you so much. I don't want to do that. And like, the, the thing for me is like, yeah, he's polite, but... I'm like, do you think I'm he's stupid? Just, do you think I don't know what OnlyFans is? Like, do you think I, I'm not aware that that is a way to monetize? Like, I, he's I'm not aware. Let's put this out there. He's not polite. Yeah. He's just a perv. If if you're a hey, dude out there he that has you're good grammar, all right. Was, I just oh okay. When people hit on you and they have poor grammar, it just makes my soul like <laughs> cry. Like weep, for anyone out there shooting a shot, at least fucking yeah. double it, spell it, check. Where is the punctuation? Where is the where is the capitals? What the comma is makes a big difference. A huge. If you difference. know how to fucking use it, use it. Exactly. There, there, and there. Immediate turn. Off. Got Immediate it. Turn off. Nope. That actually makes sense from your highly detailed like degrees and yeah. like specializations. Like, very, like yeah, I just grammar is just you know it sets us apart from the animals. It might be the only thing. Like you come home and you see like a photo and it's like slightly tilted and you're like oh my god yeah. my day's ruined. It's, it's over. I'm having a it's miserable. Yeah, I just go in the bathtub and cry. Fair. Yeah. So anyways, the the content. How is that going? Have you been enjoying that side of the business? I guess. Yeah. You know what? I started to post it and I was like did it like four or five posts and I was like. 
I don't have time for this shit. And then I honestly just kind of just enjoy hire it. someone. And no, I actually like it. Like it's oh. the one creative thing I get to do, right? And my work is very like technical. It's very like scientific, quality assurance, regulatory is all very like you know like deep in like regulations and and writing standard operating. Not features. fun for ninety nine point nine percent of the planet. Yeah, yeah. And I don't mind it, but it's kind of nice to like I haven't done anything remotely creative or like photography or anything like that in so right. long. Right, but you I need that outlet. Yeah, it's like it's just like I just I I make reels that make me laugh, and I just don't care what anyone else thinks about. Them, yeah, I mean. there's a little bit of sarcasm, which is good. Yeah, there's a little I, bit of comedy. Um, I think I just I, I enjoy it now because it's fun. I just do it because it's funny now. Give me an example of some cannabis education or some things that people always get wrong about cannabis that you have to continuously remind them about. Decarboxylation when it comes to edibles is just I'm surprised people aren't like don't know that already. I dis- you're embarrassing people. You don't know about <laughs> decarboxylation. Like, come on, get out of here. Get out. Um, so, uh, like, it's where you would take your cannabis, and then when you're going to make an edible or bud butter or what have you, you have to heat it because you have to decarboxylate it. And all that really means is that inside of the living plant, the cannabinoids are present in their acidic form. So THCA, CBDA, um, and if you consume them in that form, so if you eat raw cannabis, for example, you won't really get high because they don't bind to your receptors that well. What binds to your receptors is THC and CBD and to get that you have to decarboxylate it which is removing a carboxyl group and how you do that as a person normally is you actually expose it to heat so you have to like bake your cannabis essentially And then if you do that, it will decarboxylate. Then you can go and make bud butter or whatever else you want. I still have so many people, like I'm teaching courses on cannabis and people are like, yeah, I tried to make these edibles. It didn't work. I'm like, walk me through the process. And they'll just have taken dried <laughs> cannabis and like chucked it I into like I took a plant from my garden and I and started eating like, it. Yeah, I didn't get why, high. What's why, going on? Yeah. <laughs> I made this weed tea and I didn't get high. Um, so I, I think that that's an important thing to understand um, with, you know, if you're making edibles at home, like don't waste your weed by just like, you know, trying to eat it raw or like, yeah, someone... We'll just like put it in a blender and then put it like with butter. And I'm like, I don't know what you, what you're trying to do. Like, I don't understand. They're not mushrooms. Like, um, there is a chemical step that needs to happen, right? That decarb step is really important. I think you just need to explain it in like very layman's terms or give more metaphors. I think metaphors always help because yep. sometimes I have no idea what you're saying, but I always think in my head, like, okay, uh, when you were saying that, I'm like, uh, meat, if you just didn't cook meat, it probably wouldn't be that great. So yeah. like, you need to heat it up. That's literally how stupid I am. That's what I need to do in my brain to, you know, understand what you're saying. Yeah, I would say, like, warm the cannabis up before you dip it in its, like, butter bath, basically. That's what I'd say. Do you find it funny that you're dating someone that literally would die if he had cannabis? Or almost close to it? Yeah, I mean, he does have some cannabis. It's like an irony to it. He has some cannabis now. Like He does? Yeah, he'll have the cannabis drinks and stuff now. Because they're only, like, two milligrams a drink. And I have them before bed. Do you get a buzz from that? What the fuck is that? Yeah, I have them before bed because it just, like, relaxes me before I go to sleep. And it's, like, you know, it's it's like having a pop before bed basically. Uh, and I find they're just like, you know, they just help me unwind for the day and like chill out a little bit. And then I can sleep a lot better. Cause otherwise I like stay up till five o'clock in the morning, like running through all the stuff I have to do or like going over reports. Uh, you're one of those. You have a hard time turning off. I take like two and a half hours on average to fall asleep. So yeah. Holy shit. That's yeah, a very long time. You would think with your background in cannabis, you can cut that down significantly. And that's what I use the cannabis for. And that's okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> it's a perfect match. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's really funny, too, because, like, my friends are always, like, you know, saying that cannabis wouldn't, like, really get me anywhere, basically. Or when I was, like, using Fucking cannabis idiots. when I was younger. And I'm just like, look, look at, at me now. Yeah, look like, at me now, <laughs> bitches. I'm the cannabis king. <laughs> yeah, I just find it really funny. And, like, I think a lot of my friends find it hilarious that I have this job because I was always, like, the stoner friend. and that. And Interesting. Then, but you were a stoner friend that had, like, good... It's not like you were, a, like, one of those, like, degenerates. That, no, but I think that's a huge, like, huge misconception. Like, just because you use a lot of cannabis doesn't mean that, like, you won't be successful. I know a lot of people... I no, think, that's not what I meant. I meant yeah. more like there's 
there's a certain there's kind of person yeah. that you know that's like, even if they didn't have the cannabis, they're kind of a degenerate. Yes. They wouldn't well, have made it. I've seen people who are like just basically lazy and people are like, oh yeah, I think like so-and-so smokes a lot of weed. I'm like, he doesn't smoke anything. Yeah. He's, <laughs> He's just, just lazy. a lazy piece of shit. Um, but there is that stoner archetype. And like for the longest time, I was really hesitant about telling people that I used cannabis because it still does have a negative connotation. But I think because like I would say that I'm relatively successful in my career, I'm definitely 100% type A detail oriented, like on the ball kind of person. And every time I meet somebody and they're like, oh, you don't seem like the kind of person that would use cannabis i'm like that's exactly why i tell people i use cannabis right so the next person that sees that can get a little more relatability it's not like this thing that makes you lazy and that makes you not want to right have a lot of people who are maybe like that gravitated towards it yeah because it's a depressant um but i find that it's like for me i i I enjoy it i don't i don't think it makes me lazy it helps me unwind at the end of the night makes food taste better um you know lots of other benefits it's a fascinating thing when people people decide what path they want to go down in life. They, they, they do as a, and I also was, you know, part of of my problem, such a terrible process for figuring out what you want to do. It's like, what do I hate the least? Let's do that. What do I hate the least that I know about from people around me the most, if, if that makes sense? I think like, it's a combo of that. What do I hate the least and what can I make money at? Because I, yes, I really like eating chili cheese dogs, but I don't think anyone's going to pay me to do that professionally. <laughs> Although mukbang is a thing now. You actually, well, it would have to go down the OnlyFans slash whatever yeah, route. You probably, I don't that. think you, actually, I, I, I lied. There is a way you could probably do it without that. Because okay. I've seen people do it without that. I'm just going to make YouTube videos of me eating. We're going to see how it goes. Give it a shot. I actually, I'm going to make one YouTube video. I know that I promised this to a lot of people already. I like oysters a lot, raw oysters. And uh, the oyster ASMR, let's go. For I'm all the boys at home, I'm get excited. I'm going to eat a case of 100 oysters in one sitting. And my friends are like, there's no way you can do it. I'm like, I will videotape this. Do it. That'd be a great. I'm that's just co- going to eat 100 oysters in one sitting. It's going to take me like 30 minutes, not even. Whenever if they were I get good shocked, content ideas, I fucking seconds. want to encourage it. That's, that's good content. I'm going to do it. That's the whole channel. It's just going to be like maybe every three, three months, I buy 100 oysters and I just talk crap while I eat 100 <laughs> oysters. I'm like, today we're talking about abortion. like... <laughs> 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 It, you should you have a womb, you, ain't got yeah. <laughs> like, you should have like really like sensitive topics that are interrupted eat, yeah, by the sound of you slurping an oyster <laughs> and make that edit super obvious like yeah. just wait long pause like a second all right i think i'm gonna call it feminist rants featuring the master shucker and leave master it at shucker. that the master mother shucker the mother the mother awesome. shucking feminist rants done we're done podcast over done. <laughs> but no i was saying it's really interesting because you said there was this down period where you were trying to figure out what you wanted to do and yeah. you couldn't find any jobs and it went super opposite of what anyone told you. You went down, oh, I love doing this. How can I make money from this? Or how can I enjoy yeah. this? And then the money came after, right? Mm-hmm. Were you were you still thinking about the money as much when you were trying to figure out that little off period, what, what you want to do? To be honest, I don't think about money that much in general. Like it's, I, I, like this is a me, common trend. For me, like I was, when I first quit my job and my friend, I was making good money at the place that I was working before I quit. And my friend's like, oh, you're making so much money. And they offered me a lot of money to stay, like a good chunk of change to stay. And I was like, no. Um, and I, I think that pissed them off because they couldn't grasp like why the money wouldn't make me stay. Can't be bought. That's life f- is just, yeah really short and like I just don't want to spend any of my time like really pissed off but for me to be happy I just have to make sure that my basic bills are paid and I have money to travel so I mean I have that with the job that I have now which is fantastic but more than that um yeah yeah, I am uncomfortable I would say but um 
it's not a big goal for me. Like even next year, I'm thinking of taking maybe a couple of months off and traveling around Southeast Asia. I won't be working for that time. So I'll be making like zero dollars. Get malaria but... shots. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, like that's not what's important to me. Money is nice, but I only want money so that I can afford to do the things that I enjoy. I don't really want to have like a, like a three car garage and an eight bedroom house. Right. Like, and that's a $200,000 wedding or some bullshit that you just style. piss away money on. No, I'm not like that at all. I just want to have enough money to, you know, comfortably live. I, I grew up really, really poor. Uh, my parents are immigrants, obviously, and we didn't have a lot of money. There were nine of us living in a two-bedroom apartment. So wow. I want to make sure that I have enough money to pay my bills, have food on the table, clean water, all that good stuff, like the general basic conditions. And then I want to have money to travel. And whatever gets me to that amount of money, I'm happy. The extra money is great. It means I can work less. I'm hoping to like maybe retire quite early. That's a lot of why I'm like working very right. hard right now. You just now. need a business or two to have some side income and then that yeah, side well, income. Yeah, well, I'm about to finish that deal for that tutoring business. There you I go. Nice. The owner of second business in a few weeks amazing um yeah i just i don't really think money is that important i think experiences are way more important you were taught we didn't actually i don't know much about your upbringing nine nine kids nine people nine people in a house it was uh yeah give us yeah a little bit of background i guess Uh, i'm trinidadian and um i was born in the middle of like a like kind of a coup was going on in the country so like the government had been overthrown by like a like a, basically like a terrorist group, I guess you could say. So uh, my Jeez. mom was like taken to the hospital past curfew. So curfew means you can't be out on the street. And if you are, it's like a really big deal. So I was born at 10 o'clock and I so We've had like, curfews in Canada. You don't got to tell these the strong same. Canadians. Oh Lord, they are not <laughs> I'm just the same. Fucking, don't get me I know, I'm just fucking. Um, so my mom had me at like 10 o'clock and she was like 20 years old. She had me alone in a hospital. And I think like that was Whoa. awakening for her that she needed to move. Um, so her, her father had immigrated to Canada. Um, with her stepmother and she said like I want to move here so my grandpa helped me my mom and my dad come to Canada and uh, I've been living here since I was a baby but when we moved here and my parents finally got their own place and my mom's working at like food basics or no frills my same dad's with like my a, mom yeah she also did yeah, that yeah my She's dad like was like a, like a helper for like a truck driving company um, they didn't have a lot of money so and my, my dad's family also really wasn't well off so any money he had he was sending back to feed his brothers and sisters he had five right. siblings and stuff back home so things were tight and then everyone just started like immigrating into our like two bedroom apartment really so, like like literally the second we moved in there, my mom's two brothers had been staying with um, her stepmother, but they were quite far away and she decided to bring them in. So I, my uncles are not that much older than me. My uncles are like seven to 13 years older than me. Wow. So they're like brothers. Wow. Um, so two of them moved in with us. And then right after that, my dad's family decided to move up. So then my grandma and my aunt and one of his others, like his brothers, my uncle were there. And then my other grandma came to visit. And so it just was like, for me as a child, quite fun. Cause we had so many relatives around. They're always able to surround my family all the time. It's but yeah. then, you know, my mom would be trying to get ready in the morning. There's eight other people trying to use the bathroom. Right. There's like never any enough food. We're always having to share everything you can ha- cannot have a minute of silence to yourself sure i slept with my parents until i was like i think uh seven or eight till my parents got separated and then i slept in a room with my mom my brother and a bunch of my other relatives lived there as well i didn't get my own room till i was like 13 whoa so i like a lot of quiet time to myself because i didn't really oh i would that. think that would be the opposite i think you'd be scared of the quiet no, time I like no the quiet. oh I interesting s- my, yeah i was a big reader growing up like i read like in the summertime a novel every single day like i was an impulsive reader um so <laughs> That's I would crazy. I would literally just go into the bathroom and I wouldn't lock the door because in case I'm going to have to use it. But my, my quiet spot, because I never had a bedroom, was just in the bathroom on the floor by the bathroom. I would always be in there reading or I'd be in the solarium or I'd be in the garage or I'd be in the basement. It was always so hard to find a quiet place to read. So I'm like, I'm very like, I like my space at my place and I just like to have, I like having my own area. Like I right. don't like sharing with people. I didn't like having roommates in university. I like really like to have my own space. What, what were you reading? Like was it just like... 
Like fiction, nonfiction? A lot of fiction, and I was just like, I was just a really big nerd. I don't think anyone ever grasps that when I say it, but I really was. Like, I was in reading clubs, and before the reading club would start in September, I would have read all, like, 95 books. Like, Holy I was, shit. like, really hardcore. I was reading at, like, a like a probably a high school reading level by the age of seven. Like, I was, like, Whoa. an aggressive reader. So, um, yeah, I love a lot of, like, I don't like a lot of nonfiction, to be honest, but uh, I read the whole Redwall series. Harry Potter, as you know, I've, I have a Harry Potter tattoo. I don't know if you know that, actually. Well, Milan told me, your boyfriend told me one, time that you were busy because it was a Harry Potter marathon night yes, and I was like yeah. those are important he's like yeah we'll watch UFC like she's busy I'm like with, with what he's like oh yeah like they're having a Harry Potter air- marathon night yeah. I'm like that's like seven movies. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? That is like, I need to watch a certain amount per year. I don't function very well. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of fiction. I just like always loved reading. Like, I just like fantasy stories a lot. Uh, I'm really not, I don't really, people are like, oh, read this person's biography. I'm like, I don't really care how this person lived their life. To be completely freaking right. honest. Like, Interesting. It's hard for me to get through those things. And anything with like murder, psychological thrillers, really messed up stuff. Let me recommend you some episodes that I've had. Okay, good. I got some, I got some fucked up people on like here Like some before. people that I might be able to write a book about later because they'll be murderers? Or... Uh, well, some, well, <laughs> the next episode actually before, well, this will come out after, but a guy that um, studied Manson for 20 years. Oh, very nice. And he was on Rogan and we talked about Manson, like, and he wrote a fucking, incre- it took him 20 years to write a Manson book. And well, it's the most yeah. detailed Manson book anyone's ever I'm written. Have to, th- that's that's a good stuff. one. Those are the kind of biographies I read. I'm like, what did John Wayne Gacy do as a child? Um, you want to, like, cartel stuff? Ones. I also have a few cartel guys that have been fantastic. Awesome. As terrifying as they <laughs> might be, they're great. So plug, plug. Um, okay. But that actually, that's fantastic. Because then that set you up so much in the future, though. I mean, reading at a young age like that is such a hack. Yeah. You really got lucky on, on the, what did you just enjoy? Like, where did that come from? Do you know? I just, I loved reading. My mom would take me to the library quite a bit. So she definitely fostered my love of reading. We'd, we'd, oh God, I wish I, I wasn't dumb. I wish I liked reading when I was a kid. I, I didn't if, like reading. If I, I don't know if I'll ever have kids, but if I do, they're, they're going to be reading. I don't think they'll see an Force iPad until they're like 14. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean like my mom would take me to the library and it was like a fun place, Mississauga library, which always had like all these like, cool reading areas. And I would always have to like get her to let me sign up books on her library card. Cause my library card would always be full and maxed out like constantly. Constantly, and I would always cry at the desk when I had 12 books and it only let me take home 10. Are and you so, serious? Yeah, wow. It was like, it was, yeah, it was a problem. And I don't get to read that much now, which is like the saddest thing. I wish I could like right. take a month off work and just like Audiobooks read. don't do it for you or what? I don't like audiobooks oh, at all. Shit. And I'm also like a very physical copy book. I would like probably the only person I know that has library cards for like every city that I've lived in. Are I always, you serious? Yeah, wow. I, 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 <laughs> I don't even know those exist anymore. They still exist. I don't have one for Leamington because Leamington has been COVID the whole time, but I'm planning on getting one this summer because I just like the smell of books. I like the right. feel of books, but I travel so much and I can't carry 14 novels in my bag. So I'm going to suck it up in my Kobo, but I don't <laughs> want to. Like it breaks my heart, but I'm not getting as much reading in as I used to at all. And it, it really bothers me. Fascinating. So as, as a kid, did your parents know that you, you know, you're going to be doing okay academically because you've been spending so much time reading books and all that kind of stuff or, or no? Yeah. I mean, I think I was like three or four. My parents put me in like a, a Islamic private school. Um, and I was Within a year, I was three grades higher than I was supposed to be. So I think by grade, by the age of four, I was in first grade. Holy shit. So when yeah. I went to regular school or a public school, they actually put me back down because they said they'd do it by age. And unless I wanted to test out of the grade, I'd have to go back and redo a kindergarten, grade one, grade two, whatever. Um, and my parents said that they thought about it and that school said for social development, it's better, like not to be a Doogie Hauser and graduate high school at 12. It's right. better to, and I'm really glad they did that. I'm not saying I'm like a genius You don't need level, to rush those things yeah, at all. There's, there's yeah. no need to rush, right? right? I could have been a couple of grades ahead. What's the benefit of graduating high school at 15? Like what benefit is that? None. You can't do anything anyways. You're going to go to university at 16 and do what? <laughs> 
<laughs> right. Like, be frightened of everybody and hide sure. under your bed. Like, so. And um, be a foot shorter than everyone and, like, just be, yeah. like, scared that you're a little, little dweeb. <laughs> yeah, like, you're just, like, a loser. Like, um, so I'm really glad my parents didn't let me uh, push ahead for grades. But, yeah, I mean, I would say they always knew that I was just love learning. Absolutely love learning. I could just sit down and anything that I don't know about, I love to hear about, except sports. I'm sorry. But That's I fair. Just, yeah. I wish I was more interested in sports. That's than fair. Not. But uh, yeah. I'm There's all... very few females that are, care about sports. So it's like, <laughs> that's fair. Um. I, no one's gonna hold you to that. For me, it's just because I'm really <laughs> awful at them. I have like the physical prowess of a sea cucumber, so I just don't think that it's for me. It literally um, does nothing. It's it, I just it's such a waste of time. It. I really don't yeah. like. I mean, unless I was gonna be like a pro athlete or something, but uh, otherwise, like I'll just sit, I'll sit down with anybody. They're like, oh, I was a mill rate for how many? I'm like, really? Tell me about that. Like, I want to <laughs> learn about everything. It's like a almost like a compulsion. Me, too. I actually I'm not the same way. Maybe not to that extent, yeah. but I do also want to just fucking learn everything. That's why the pot's been great because I just talked to. So many different people doing different things. You should volunteer at a retirement home because I used to love doing that. Old, it was pe- just, that's old just, people just that's have the devastating best stories. Though. It's gotta be. It smells atrocious. Like, no, well, it really like, does. I wasn't thinking about it, that. Oh, I just man, meant like, like the mood would be sad. No, I wasn't thinking it was a you smell. You think this is what the crypt keeper <laughs> smells like. And it's not them. It's like the it's the the things that used to sterilize and all that stuff. And like it's just, oh, the smell will never leave me. But it's just so fascinating to hear. If I have to hear about someone's life story, I don't like to read about it. I want them to tell me about the things they did when they were younger. I like spending time with people who are old that's fair so i've compromised i found a middle ground there i've hired or i've not hired i've had guests on the pod that were like older video game developers that made like video games they used to play i was like oh wow like how did you make this like i was like i feel like when i'm talking to them i feel like i feel like a four-year-old like oh my god i love that game that you made 20 years ago it's like so enamoring i'm like tell me how everything used to cost a nickel like just (laughs) how did you guys work in this like little place and you made this game that i fucking played (laughs) 600 hours like oh my god how would you do that that was awesome what do you mean you didn't have gps what are you talking about like how would you go on road trips like what do you mean like i always get super pumped but um yeah just always been a bit of a nerd i guess that's how i would explain it i think the what really stood out is the career thing and, and discovering what you enjoy doing this is something i have a conversation with a lot of people nowadays that are having that, let's say, epiphany or that realization that, like, money is not going to get you through what you think it's going to get you through. Because at the end of the day, you still have to do that thing for eight hours a day for X amount of years. So there is no amount of money, unless it's absurd, unless you get out of it really quick, Mm -hmm. that's going to fulfill you. So, like, the epiphany there that uh, you're, you're also lucky to have had, I've had maybe, is like, oh, wait a minute. If I like what I'm doing, it doesn't matter if I work 10, 12 hours a day. Yeah. Those, that time will fly by. And eventually, the money will come mm-hmm. if you get good at anything in life at yep. this state. I mean, there's so many stupid ways to make money now, but the point being, if you get good at anything right now and it's, it's a niche, yep. you can make money in it. I think the other thing too is like it really, people's definition of success has greatly evolved. Uh, my dad is definitely the kind of person who has like a massive house, like three car garage, like just a mansion basically. Old school success yeah, as they call it. Yeah, he's got like a Range Rover right. and that stuff's important to him and like, you know, more to, and that is his definition of success, right? right? He's got a family, he's got a big house, he's got a nice car, he's very happy, that's good for him. I want literally none of those things. Oh, right, I would yes. rather build a tiny home in the middle of nowhere and drive a smart car, like my definition And not have to work su- or something. Yeah, <laughs> if I could retire at 40, and Own stop a coffee shop because I like lived in like a tiny like house that was 600 sure. square feet. I'd be like, hell yes, that's what you I made want. Made it, uh, and I could read all day, and I could like sit in the hammock in the summertime. Like that's what I want to do. I just want to have my time as my own. Um, but like he doesn't see success like that, and there's nothing wrong with it. But it is a huge shift in like people's mentalities of what success is. And on the other hand, there's like people who think success is strictly material things, and that's where all, all right. this OnlyFans and other stuff comes from, which is like to each their own. But I don't want to do things that you know I feel uncomfortable with or put me out of an area that like. 
like I would regret later on maybe just for money like that or I don't want to do something that makes me unhappy just for money so um well you found not, the perfect I'm thing not then, yeah. only fans if you have an only fans and you love it like do what you got to do it's just it's I my dad would see that and kill me but it's not for me I can't make my dad angry I'm 30 something years old I cannot make my father angry that is like a horrifying fair I just think it's like you need to find your own thing if yeah. it does make you happy and whatever you're doing it's very possible that that's who you are and that's what you want to do but it's also possible that you just haven't discovered what you actually makes you happy that's there's a lot of people that think they found happiness but then they really look at you know what their life is like okay maybe this isn't quite what i thought but they're i don't know in my parents eyes my parents you know i'm a doctor or whatever yeah. like they, they talk about me so fondly and this and that like yeah who cares does that make you fucking sleep better at night i think a lot of people move through life almost like without any direction whatsoever it's because like here's the cookie cutter path right you go to school you finish school you get a job you get married you have kids you buy a house and like it's just this it's easier to just go along with that it really it's is very that's difficult the thing to like veer out of that because you do have pressure from my family's been really fantastic but you do have pressure from of course family and friends and anyone else just being like what are you doing and i've definitely had extended family that try to like give me heat for what i do my parents are just really good about like she's an adult woman she can do whatever she wants right my mom's family is like super religious so like my grandfather would like sit me down and tell me that like this is against god can you stop selling like, the devil's cabbage, girl? Uh, this is legal in the country we live in. Like, I don't know. I don't yeah, now it's over. They got like, nothing. Yeah, so sorry. but uh, And I get that, and that's fine. But I think that I would rather do what I want to do with life than, like, you know, sit and live my life for other people. It's just not really for me. You only have one life. I don't believe in, like, reincarnation or coming right. back for round two. Um, so this is It's probably better to not to believe that because if you did, then yeah, you'd then you're be really you're like you're fucking around. Yeah. Life, and then you, like, die, and you're like, damn. Damn, like they lied to me. I just have to like... sit now in the abyss for the eternity. This is fucking awful. Yeah, I'm just getting eaten by <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I believe we've done close to an hour. Thanks again for coming on the pod. Um, close to it, yeah. Anything you want to plug? Your Instagram, your your cannabis content. Cannabis content? Is that patented? Have you... No. Are you... You need an outro. That? You need a clever outro. I need a clever for outro. For more cannabis content, subscribe. To, like, you need something like a hook, you know? You can Come take that one for free. Once. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, what do you, like? What are you most working on? What do you want to plug? I don't know. Uh, nothing I really want to plug. I guess if you want some cannabis facts or you want to see what it's like in kind of the day of a life of an international cannabis consultant, you can follow me. On That's Instagram. making yourself sound like you're a fucking 007 or some I shit. I am an international. I'm a cannabis do agent. You know how much stuff I like? How many times <laughs> I tell people what I do and they just sit there and the jaw just drops. They're like, no. Really? Yeah. They're like, no. I'm like, yeah, this is what I do. And they're like, you sell drugs? I'm like, no, 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 no. Wait, like, like, wait a <laughs> legally, second. Like, legally, wait legally, legally. I do broker, I broker cannabis deals sometimes, but that's That makes I it do. even cooler. Like, yeah. it sounds like madman shit. You know, you know, I'm just fucking on the outside. Yeah, okay. I, I, I think what I do is really cool. If other people happen to think it's because I sell truckloads of drugs, then teach their own. Fair enough. We'll point, point them to the cannabis picture where you're holding a, a fucking... <laughs> A life sentence five years ago in your hands. Oh, there and the best part is like I don't really know anything about Reddit and I'm very very new to it. And my yeah. friend like uh, and Milan was like, oh, post this on Reddit, and I was like, okay. And then I put it in this like cannabis uh, forum that's like very big and. It has a lot of like these cannabros. Cannabro, my favorite bros. Cannabros. Bros are the worst bros, and all these comments being like, uh, "You don't know anything about cannabis. I bet I know more than you do. I bet she's never smoked a joint." And I'm like. Why you gotta Bruh. be so mean? Yeah, like, <laughs> See, that's the internet though. You can't. <laughs> no, and I was. I just kind of. I just clapped back at every single one of them. But um, I just thought it was really fuck the cannabis cannabis bros. Yeah, you know what, cannabis bros, get out of here. Get no, out. I just. It's not helping the culture at all when people are like 
a lot of women especially are intimidated right because if they go to hang out with a bunch of people who are smoking cannabis there's always like a guy there who's just like yo man like you can't even handle it get get out of here like oh my god just shut up 2022 let it go bro yeah people will just tell me like i bet you can't roll a joint like i don't have to prove myself (laughs) to you i make more money than you do shut up like i would never say that but um i just find it really funny And, and now like I've been on Reddit and posting a little bit now. So there, I have followers on Reddit, right? And sure. so um, the best part is like the last time I posted something was like pictured me for Easter with like my three like joints for Easter. So one was pink, one was green, one was blue. Like okay. I'm, I'm a girl. I like some girly things. That's okay. And there were a bunch of comments and some of them were like, oh, I bet you didn't even smoke cannabis. And someone's like, she's a cannabis consultant. She's got a master's in plant Oh, biology. they've got she a fan base that offends you, you now. Like, oh. That's amazing. Let's go. <laughs> this is success. That um, is success. Decided- when you don't have to fight your own battles anymore, you fucking yeah, made I'm it. I'm just like, oh, I'm so sorry. That sucks but here are like my people that are going to have my back but my my pinnacle of success and all i want out of this instagram account because everyone asks like what are you trying to get to right someone give me a free bong and i will stop if somebody if hoss glass will give me a free bong and be like (laughs) you got a free bong we want you to promote this bong i'm gonna put up that one post and then get off social media there you go like that that's a challenge you know out there in the world glass if you're around like send me a bong and i'll shut up um but yeah that's my pinnacle of success that's all i'm hoping for is get some free bongs out of this and i'll be happy that's the best outro we'll ever have i think (laughs) all right thanks for tuning in